A fundamental ethical and political question facing every society is whether access to health services should be considered a human right. The way in which a society protects and promotes human rights shapes public policies, determines the distribution of resources and access to services, and ultimately affects population health. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Octavio Gomez-Dantes, an investigator at the Center for Health Systems Research of the National Institute of Public Health in Cuernavaca, Mexico. As part of the journal's series on the fundamentals of public health, Dr. Gomez-Dantes has co-authored a perspective article about human rights and population health. Dr. Gomez-Dantes, what international agreements and other documents have shaped the concept of human rights, including this right to health or health care? Well, there's an arch corpus of instruments that intend to promote and protect human rights. There is what's called nine core international conventions related to human rights. And there is one in particular that is related to the topic of our conversation, International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights, which was approved in 1966, which deals with economic, social, and cultural rights, including the right to healthcare. So there's a large corpus of legal instruments that intend to globally protect and promote human rights. So why is it important whether access to healthcare is considered a human right? Well, I think it was a good decision to include in this series on public health, a paper on the relationship between public health and human rights, because they basically have the same purpose. They are very closely interrelated. The basic purpose of public health is to improve health of populations. And we improve the health of populations through services and through the provision of other social services, such as housing, nutrition, and education. These two types of services, healthcare services and social services, were recognized as human rights in the 20th century. So uh, it is important to promote the idea that access to healthcare should be considered a human right to improve the health populations. So what processes and conditions are involved in a country's recognizing a right to health protection and then operationalizing that right. And how many countries have taken these steps? There's several paths you can take in order to guarantee universal access to healthcare in a country. And there are some issues that are useful and important. And one of the factors that can be useful to promote universal access to healthcare is the incorporation of the right to health into a constitution. Around half of the countries in the world have included in their constitutions or in their main legal bodies the right to healthcare. That is the case of my country, Mexico, which recognizes the right to the protection of health. So it's important to legally recognize this right. This is not enough. There are countries that have recognized these rights, such as Mexico or Brazil or South Africa. All of them recognized this right a long time ago they haven't been able to reach universal health coverage, as opposed to other countries that do not formally recognize healthcare as a right, but provide services, comprehensive health services to all its population. A very good example is New Zealand. So I believe that this is an important thing that you have to accomplish, but it is not enough. You also need to promote, mobilize resources, to create financial instruments in order to guarantee universal access to healthcare in a specific country. 
In your article, you talk about Mexico's experience implementing health reform guided by a human rights framework. What can be learned from that example? Can you talk a bit about what has happened in Mexico? One of the interesting components of the health reform that was designed and implemented in Mexico at the turn of the century was the fact that it was based on the explicit argument that healthcare should be considered not a commodity, not an object of charity, not a social privilege, but a social right, a human right. So we were able to relate this abstract concept of human rights and use it for the design of public policy. When we started designing the health reform in Mexico, we explicitly argued that healthcare should be considered a human right, a social right. This basically means that healthcare should be accessible to all the population in the country. And this was our, let's say, moral foundation. This moral foundation of reform helped us create public insurance in Seguro Popular, which provided access to comprehensive healthcare to the non-salarized population, which in the year 2000 amounted to 50 million Mexicans, half of the population that lacked access to healthcare because they were not affiliated to social security agencies. So this abstract notion of a human right helped us design public policies that eventually benefited half of the population in my country. You say in your article that countries at similar levels of economic development and similar healthcare expenditures have striking variations in health system performance. Why do you think that's the case and what challenges does that pose to realizing the right to health care for all? That's a very interesting and important question. There are basically two interpretations of the right to health. Some people believe that in order to fulfill the right to health, we need to provide a set of comprehensive health services. There are other people that believe that what you're trying to fulfill is the right to health or the right to be healthy. I think we should do both. And, and in fulfilling right to health, you need to provide healthcare services. You need to provide health services of a high quality. You need to have a well-performing health system in order to guarantee access and then turn this access into better health conditions for populations. So uh, one of the things we need to do, first of all, guarantee access to a comprehensive package of health services but health systems should also have in place a mechanism to monitor, evaluate the way in which access to these healthcare services are improving the health conditions of populations. Because you can guarantee access to service. These services may be of a low quality because of the differences in the way health systems perform. And the differences are dependent on basically the design of health interventions, design and implementation of programs, and the design and implementation of policies. So finally, and getting back to what you see as being under the umbrella of population health, in what ways are other social rights intertwined with the right to health or health care? What kinds of social services or conditions are necessary to realize the health-related goals that you're looking toward? Well, by definition, human rights are considered universal right of everybody, you cannot waive them, they are invisible, and they are interrelated. 
And this idea of interrelationship in the case of health is very important. When you're trying to guarantee the access to health, you need to provide healthcare services. There are two basic types of health services, personal health services, clinical health services, and public health services. But health is also dependent on other variables, such as access to water and sanitation, such as education, such as housing, such as nutrition. So when you're striving for universal healthcare in order to improve the health of population, you should provide healthcare services, but you should also try to improve access to other social services, such as the ones I just mentioned. To fulfill the right to healthcare, you also need to guarantee access to other rights, such as education, housing, nutrition. Thank you, Dr. Gomez-Dantes.